0: This week on the Table Podcast. I think that the future will be, I don't want to be a prophet on this, but in my opinion, why do you need to uh, go to a conference in uh, Las Vegas or in New York or in Paris to hear about evidence, new studies, and uh, everything new in the research? Everything can be uh, shown, let's say, through online media. I mean, through an e-learning platform. What we really need where we have to travel it's for a hands-on workshops for to touch, to work with devices, with new techniques on really good workshops. I think in the near future, everything is going to be online. And, and at the same time, we still want uh, with the companies to work together for providing good workshops in order that the people learn how to use the devices.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Backtable Podcast, your source for all things IR and endovascular. You can find all previous episodes of our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, backtable.com, and pretty much any podcast platform of choice. Before we dive into our topic, let me first say a quick word from our sponsor, RadPad. RadPad was developed by physicians for physicians, providing clinically proven radiation protection during CINE and digital subtraction angiography. Don't bet your career or your health on anything less. Trust RadPad, Radiation protection shields for all your flora-guided interventions. See radpad.com for more information. Contact info at radpad.com for a free radiation evaluation and a no-brainer radiation protection cap. And let them know you heard about it on the Backtable Podcast. For today's episode, I'm honored to welcome Theodosius Bizdas to share his insight and experience in uh, e-learning and online medical education. He co-founded the VascuPedia platform. Uh, which is well known for providing vascular medicine, vascular surgery, interventional radiology topics. And he's a practicing vascular surgeon in Athens, Greece. Welcome to the show, Theo. Thank you very much, uh, Aaron,
0: for this very kind invitation and congratulations for uh, your unique e-learning platform. I'm really happy to be with you today.
1: Yeah. And we're happy to have you. And, you know, we've been talking, you know, virtually for a couple of months now about ways that uh, Vascopedia and and Backtable can collaborate. And so we're so happy to have you on the show and kind of tell us about Vascopedia. But before we jump into that, I do want to hear I want to tell our audience or have you tell our audience where you're at and what kind of practice you're in a little bit about yourself.
0: Well, I'm a vascular surgeon. I'm doing both academic and private practice. So I'm working as an associate professor for vascular surgery in Germany, in the University of Münster. And I'm working in my daily clinical practice in uh, one of the biggest private hospitals in uh, Southern East Europe. It's called Athens Medical Center. So in trying to combine both of them. So this is one of the reasons why I'm working a lot with e-learning and education. Yeah. So regarding Vascupedia, thank you for the kind words about it. It is now, in my opinion, a unique online project that we believe that fulfills the need for a free education in this uh, challenging field of vascular medicine where different disciplines are working uh, together. So the mission of Vascupedia was to help physicians worldwide to bring their interventions to perfection. So our hope, our hope is to indirectly contribute to safety and well-being of patients with uh, vascular diseases. This is the concept behind Vaspipedia. We are about uh, nine people behind it. We are physicians from different uh, disciplines. So there are vascular surgeons, interventional radiologists, and angiologists. But we have also one guy that is a wound manager and an endovascular assistant because we want to educate uh, those people as well.
1: Yeah. And so when did Vasculopedia start? How did you and this group of doctors come together, basically? Well, the,
0: the, the whole concept started, let's say, around three years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, we have organized in Germany a small, let's say, summer school for vascular medicine. And during that summer school, we have heard from different people, uh, physicians, uh, nurses, and uh, good managers that, you know, guys, we want to have all this nice here material of different presentations. They have asked for an online, let's say, library of all these presentations the nice cases that we have showed during this uh, summer school. And through this, let's say, suggestion, we uh, thought, okay, why we are not collecting all the experience from around the world to, pro- to provide it free? Uh, and for free to the uh, specialists, the different vascular specialists around the world. And this is the idea, the reason why we, we, we organize, we uh, have conducted Vascopedia as an open access uh, platform for everybody. Because we wanted that every physician, researcher, nurse, or technician is able to, to, let's say, to follow the current trends, to see new uh, techniques, to see how to do it, video and case report. And uh, finally, to provide awareness to the patients, because the vasculpedia is free
1: also for patients. Oh yeah, that's great. And so, like in that last three years, has the idea, does the initial idea or mission changed at all over the last three years, or has it just kind of come to fruition?
0: No, we have added uh, more features to our website. So we uh, thought that what you are, what we are thinking as an exhibition area in uh, during different congresses it could be an online exhibition area and look that during this covid the, the most congresses did the same thing they provided an uh, online exhibition area and we have started with this 3 years ago then we thought why we are not providing an online conference by means of vasculopedia views by organizing more a very very you know practical conference and not so evidence based Because, as I said, we don't want to uh, change the way that the people are educated regarding new studies, current evidence, new techniques. We want to educate people about diseases, about basics, tips and basic tips and tricks for different techniques and endovascular and open surgical techniques. And important to show how different devices are are working during. uh, I mean, in the daily practice for really well known specialists on this field.
1: Yeah. So that kind of leads into my next question is how, how do you guys come up with your topics? Is it, are, are topic points suggested by your audience or is it, is it kind of, you have an edit, you know, sort of a committee that picks your topics? How do you guys go about doing that?
0: At at the moment, the structure of Asclepedia has three important parts. The first one is the main arena. It is very similar to the main arena of the Congresses. That means everybody can upload anything. We don't have the, any topic of the month or any topic of the, the week. But we have a committee of different people that they are really, they're working like reviewers. We call them taskipedians of excellence, that they are checking every upload in order to be sure that the quality of uh, the uploads really is uh, good. And uh, we don't have an, any problem with GDPR, with really techniques that they are of the self and maybe could be risky for the patient. Then we have the, the so-called polling station, where we are selecting every month one specific topic. It is type to endolic, it is uh, let's say thoracic outlet syndrome, and by this way we are trying to collect the experience from around the world what the people are doing. And then after collecting the experience, there is uh, a key opinion leader that it is well uh, that it is asked to answer these questions. And the people are able to compare their experience, their decision-making, or their way to treat this kind of, uh, let's say, diseases. And at the same time, they're comparing their answer to the answer of the key opinion leader. And by this way, they are learning through the answer of the key opinion leader, if they have done the right thing or they have done the wrong thing in such cases. And the third part is the exhibition area where it is really it has has been left up to the to the discretion of the of this industry, where the the companies are providing different topics every month. But this has to do with uh, the specific devices of the, of those companies.
1: Yeah, the, I think that polling section is really unique, and I was just checking that out recently. Um, some great topics on there, like the uh, anticoagulation polls that maybe help. Uh, people figure out a you know a tricky situation in terms of anticoagulation. So yeah, some really useful stuff there, and I, I like the I like the format. So your speakers, as you mentioned, are are mostly vascular surgery and IR. Does your audience mostly reflect that? And do you like I, I know you have a large following at this point. Do you have an idea of what the demographics are of your followers and and subscribers?
0: Yes, we we know, let's say we have seen a very um, interesting phenomenon that has to do with the kind of the uploads that we are having. So if we have a topic that it has to do with a basic thing, that means, for example, how to plan a AAA repair by endovascular means, then the number of trainees is increasing dramatically. And then when we are uploading, for example, an industry-sponsored webinar regarding, uh, for example, how to use Supera with a Presto technique, that it is a very complex and it needs some really important skills, then we have an increase of people and followers that uh, they are more, they are senior, let's say, vascular specialists. So it depends on on what we, we are uploading during the week. At the moment, we have uh, regarding percentages. We have around forty percent senior spe- senior specialists and around sixty percent uh, trainees. In these trainees, I'm also including nurses and let's say technicians regarding vascular
1: medicine. Sure, and I, I noticed that you guys have been also you know you're based out of Europe, but I know you've been successful in capturing a U.S. audience as well. How how did you successfully do that? Was it mostly using social media platforms, or how did you get U- U- U.S. docs engaged as well? This was,
0: for us, the biggest challenge. And I have to be honest with you, we never thought that we would be successful in the U.S. because you have also some similar, let's say, platforms for, an, for online education. And there is a little bit difference in the structure. But in any case, if we are at the moment, we have people from around 160 countries and in place number 2 that means that the first place is Germany then we have US and then we have France and if i'm going back to the um to how we started and how we tried to to to, to let's say to make this this platform really well known even to the to the US we tried it through the social media. We didn't have any other way to do it because we didn't use any any advertisement through scientific journals. We just used the different social media platforms. Among them, what it, what it really worked very well was LinkedIn uh, and Twitter. Instagram and Facebook doesn't work for this kind of e-learning platforms. Uh, this is my opinion after three years linkedin worked really well uh at the moment we have around five thousand two hundred uh followers in in linkedin and twitter as well
1: you know i totally agree theo twitter has become basically like a virtual angio club for irs and vascular surgeons and cardiology basically all the vascular specialties because you can show cases you can share tips and tricks very easily and and so it was it was nice that that community already existed when we were trying to spread the word of the podcast and and same with LinkedIn. I think LinkedIn, there's a lot of physicians on there. A lot of physicians go there to find uh, information and to connect with other and to network with other doctors. And so I think that's the other reason why LinkedIn is, is very useful.
0: Uh, well, regarding LinkedIn, I have to, to tell you that we have a lot of physicians from the Middle East, from Russia, from East Europe. That they are they really like more to work on LinkedIn than uh, on Twitter. The yeah. Twitter is really something that it is very, very famous in in the u s and in some of the countries here in Europe. But I think if you want to be successful on e-learning, you have to work uh, at very good at uh, at both both social media platforms, yeah,
1: yeah, I would agree with that. And you already mentioned the exhibitors, the virtual exhibitors hall that's on the website. What do you think is the best way to team up with industry in providing educational content on, on devices and learning new, about new devices?
0: Uh, well, this is a very difficult question because we have tried it a lot. And I, I have to be very honest to you, and I'm, I'm going to say something that probably the companies really don't like to hear. With you, because we have a lot of feedback from our uh, users, we are sending a lot of questionnaires and they are responding uh, to us about their experience and about what they really want from the industry. And what we have heard and what we have collected as a, as a feedback is that they, they would like to have really webinars that they are sponsored webinars about the devices, about how the device is working, about showing very good, let's say cases from different key opinion leaders but they know that every device may have some complications, some problems. They need more information about troubleshooting. So in my opinion, the, the future is that the, the companies, they will work through such dedicated e-learning platforms to show the, the, the good face of the devices, but they want to still provide unrestricted, let's say, grants to the different societies, the official societies of its country. I mean, the European Society of Vascular Surgery, the Society of Vascular Surgery, uh, the um, American Society of Vascular, uh, the, um, of vascular uh, let's say, Intervention Radiology, that these these societies, they have to provide, let's say, better uh, education on these devices. They they. they They have to show also troubleshooting. They have to show also problems with these devices without the restriction that the company is behind this Congress. So in my opinion, if we want a good a good cooperation with the companies in the future, we can use the e-learning platforms to show the good face of the devices. We have to use the international societies to show also the troubleshooting complications and how to deal with them, you know, in the framework of education.
1: Yeah, and and I think that's a good segue to to just ask real quick about. I know you guys recently conducted a questionnaire about e learning with with a, a global questionnaire. Can you share the preliminary results from from the results of that?
0: Yes, this was the Al Covid um, questionnaire. It was in a questionnaire that was conducted from a colleague of mine, Dr. Patelis, who is uh, really an expert on e learning, and he was uh, the the director of e learning. In the European Society of Vascular Surgery and we have asked a number of questions and what is really interesting uh, is that uh, from there there were about 979 uh, people that they have participated yet this um, questionnaire is going to be ready at the end of this month so if you want you can still participate on this so the first question was did you attend any nationally learning activity And you can see that around 70% of them, they have attended a national e-learning registry, uh, I mean, activity. And this has to do with, let's say European society or German society uh, of uh, vascular surgery or interventional radiology. But what it was really interesting uh, was the following question. The question was if the uh, webinars that they have followed, they have provided an official accreditation, that means CME points or a certificate, and 65 percent they have attended uh, activities that they have not provided any accreditation because the the most important everybody says the most important thing for e-learning activities is to provide CME points. But as you can see, still 65 percent they have not followed this uh, kind of webinars. And at uh, the question, what was the why? What was the most important criterion to attend a specific e-learning activity? Fifty-two percent. They said it was. Uh, it was. They were interested in the activity topic, uh, not at the CME points. Who is organizing this? The most important thing was what was the topic, and then this was fifty-two percent. Then ninety percent. They uh, have chosen the activity based on the reputation of the of the of the company that has has organized it, and only about uh, only let's say five percent. They were interested in receiving official CME points. For us was uh, the most important thing because in the e-learning, it is really difficult to provide CME points. And the, in the questions, how did you find the activities that you have finally attended? Uh, 38% through a direct contract from the different organizers. That means through via emails, via, let's say, newsletter, and 27% social media. That means social media and newsletter is the only way to, or the best ways, let's say, to uh, are the best ways to inform those people. And, and here is, for me, the most important thing. We ask them, does your employer support you in attending any learning activity through a uh, protected time or allocated time during working hours? And you can see that 55% did not provide this kind of time for the trainees or for the participant at all. And for me, this is the key thing, uh, the key issue in the future, if we want to change the format of vascular medicine, that the employers, they have to provide allocated time and protected time for e-learning uh, during the month or during the,
1: the year. Right, yeah, no, I agree with you because that I think that's the challenge with webinars. It's just taking the time to do it. And a lot of times the webinars are done during the day, but sometimes they're done in the evening time. And it's, it's challenging to get people to be able to have the time to, to sit down and listen. And that's why it's great. What you guys provide is, is on demand content. I think that's really the key thing is having content that can be accessed anytime, even after the recording. So, and that's, that's really interesting by, by chance were podcasts included in that, questionnaire? Or was it mostly just webinars? Yeah. Oh, the they, were mostly,
0: they, were, they were mostly webinars. They, webinars. they, they not really so many podcasts. But but the, the, the point is, this is something that it is evolving. You, you, you will see that in five years from now, we're going to have a total new way of education. This is my really, I believe it really strongly about this, this thing. And at the moment, your initiative, our initiative is something that uh, we have to uh, work complementary in order to find, to define the right format of education.
1: Right. Yeah. And it, I mean, I think it's just circumstance, right? COVID really, I think elevated everyone to, to kind of step up their their game because there's obviously a need, conferences are canceled. Who knows when we'll be able to go back to in-person conferences. And this is really, like, just as your questioner shows. I mean, people aren't as obsessed with with getting CME anymore. It's it's really just the value of the content itself. And so, I think that um, I think what you guys are doing a great is, is great. And it's essentially a virtual conference. I mean, what you have on on your platform is a virtual conference that is is evergreen and and constantly providing information. And so, I think that's that's excellent. So. That leads to my next question. Where do you guys see your platform in five years?
0: Well, it is difficult to answer because we, we thought that we're going to be really uh, well known in, in about five years. And already within one year, we had people from all over the world. So it seems that Vascupedia has a place and at the moment in the international e-learning and education in vascular medicine. And in five years, I can see Vastupedia, one of the leading platforms uh, for online education and awareness, because awareness is also very important. I will never forget, you have a great podcast with uh, Jihad Mustafa, and Jihad is one of the guys that is working on awareness about CLI. And Jihad is not a guy that you can hear, that someone in uh, in the Middle East can hear about, about what is Jihad saying for the U.S., so Baskupedia can be a way to provide awareness about different diseases, like CLI, like the uh, diabetic food, like, uh, let's say, aneurysms. And that means for me, Baskupedia will be the leading platform for online education and awareness, but also we have such a form that the people can really discuss. We have a forum below every upload in Baskupedia. That means what we are trying is to, 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 to bring the discussion from LinkedIn, from social media, to a dedicated environment like Vaspipedia. And finally, I think that the future will be, I don't want to be a prophet on this, but in my opinion, why do you need to uh, go to a conference in uh, Las Vegas or in New York or in Paris to hear about evidence, new studies and uh, everything new in the research? Everything can be uh, shown, let's say, through online media. I mean, through an e-learning platform. What we really need, where we have to travel, it's for a hands-on workshops, for to touch, to work with devices, with new techniques on really good workshops. I think in the near future, everything is gonna be online and Vasculpedia is one tool. We're gonna probably in five years, we're gonna talk about Vasculpedia, and Vasculpedia will be something different that at the moment we cannot define. And at the same time, we still want uh, with the companies to work together or providing good workshops in order that the people learn how to use the devices
1: right yeah and, and you bring up a good point about organization right so twitter might be a great place to share cases but you know when it comes to looking finding what you're looking for and it, it could be fleeting right so if you didn't capture it in the moment you might not even know it existed whereas exactly you know, going to a platform where you can search what you're looking for and find it pretty quick is a whole different, and it's well organized. I mean that I think that's the the key thing, and and uh, like you said, having that, having the forum, having the ability to be able to discuss it as well, and that's that's also what we get when we go to conferences. You know, be, being able to do that virtually is is essential as well. Well, uh, you know, I, I we covered a lot today, and uh, any any um, last words for for our audience before we wrap up.
0: Well, I think that the audience at the moment has to evaluate the different tools of e-learning platform. I think that they need to focus on really well, well, really high quality, let's say, e-learning platforms and programs uh, like your program that you're providing really excellent podcasts every time, like Vascopedia, like other uh, really nice platforms. But the point is the... A one and the most important criterion is who is behind these e learning platforms. So, this is the most important criterion because this is leading more or less the knowledge that is provided through this platform. So, if you have one company, you're going to hear only good things for one device. If you have uh, someone who is really a company that invites people and the, the industry to uh, show something, you will not really receive the knowledge that you want about troubleshooting, about complications, about how to deal with challenging cases. So VascuPedia, your podcast, and a lot of other learning platforms behind them are physician to physician. And I think this is the key for really a successfully learning platform.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, it's challenging when you get industry involved, as you said, but uh, I, I think where they really come in hand is, like you said, the hands-on workshops, when you want to learn a new device with a new procedure, and they can provide the, the resources for those hands-on workshops.
0: I know, I know, I think never, none of us is really unbiased, but right. um, at the same time, you have to, you have to try to provide, let's say, to provide cases, to provide knowledge, to provide evidence that they are really unbiased. So it is not the person that it is showing a case. It is the way that you're showing it. It's the context that you are delivering. So if you're saying that a device has never, you have never seen any complications and you have done 1,000 of those cases, believe me, the people outside, the trainees, the senior, they know because they are facing these problems every day. So the way that the learning is provided It is, it seems that it is, you know, a way that you are really far away from the people that they are participating into this webinar, because it is very different being on a Congress and having the other guy in front of you, but it doesn't matter. The point is the content and the content has to be as unbiased as possible.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We like to say high quality content is king, so. exactly. well, thank you so much for coming on the show. We really appreciate you taking the time and and all the way from Greece. And um, again, I'm looking forward to collaborating with Vascopedia in the future and uh, and and having some more you know European physicians on our show as as you guys have had a number of u s. physicians on 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 your platform. And so I'm really looking forward to the future. Congratulations.
0: You're doing a great job. Keep going this because this kind of in- initiatives will change the way that people are educated and believe me the most important thing is what i said before indirectly you contribute to patient safety yes
1: well thank you theo and you get you uh, thank you, Aaron. you take care take care as well bye